0: Welcome to Neptune Rising. I'm your hostess, Christina Ferella, and I'm here to guide you through the astrology of the next two weeks, which is the astrology of January 25th through February 7th of 2021. I hope this finds you well and warm and comfortably situated. And if not, I hope that the time we spend together today will bring some insight and support to whatever it is that you are going through. And I know very well that just so many of us are moving through really complicated territory these days. Um, some of us are really kind of in our own personal underworlds. And I really just hope that this pod can be a time where we set aside some space um, for you to recalibrate and to remind yourself that, you know, if you're stuck in a rut, change is coming. If you feel overwhelmed, there are places where we can kind of dig in for rest and retreat. Um, It's always really wonderful to be tuned into the cycles of ebb and flow of the cosmos. That is why I'm here. That is why I love to share this information with people for you know support as a tool as a modality, it's really beautiful. So thank you for being a listener, and also um, you know I hope that we can kind of alchemize something really beautiful together today in this time. So. You know, in this episode, we'll be thinking about the important transits of the days ahead, uh, which includes the full moon in Leo on January 28th and Mercury's first retrograde station, which is the first of 2021. And this happens on January 30th. Mercury is going to station retrograde in Aquarius at 26 degrees of Aquarius and slide backwards through 11 degrees of Aquarius. And this retrograde offers us an opportunity, I think, to kind of reformat or reconfigure the foundations of our social ideas. Um, And we'll talk all about the archetype of Aquarius and how this fits into the retrograde cycle in just a few minutes. you probably don't know this about me, but I was born during Mercury retrograde. My Mercury is in Libra, the sign of the scales. And I'm always really interested, therefore, in trying to take the retrograde experience and do something intentional with it. I don't really see it as a moment of like, you know, freaking out or losing control. I mean, I don't know how much control I ever really feel like I have anyway, but Mercury retrograde to me, I think because I have it in my natal, um, seems kind of like almost comfortable. Um, There's something really lovely about checking in with the self and with the kind of uh, mercurial experience during a transit like this you know, as above, so below all the time, right? But it just seems like good wisdom to tap into a retrograde moment, um, embrace it, and really kind of work with that energy rather than fighting against it or lamenting the fact that our Mercury affairs can't move forward. You know, you'll be able to sign that contract in a week or so. Uh, What's more important perhaps is the kind of you know, realizations that can come through when we take time to actually think about what's been going on rather than just trying to plow ahead. So yes, it's frustrating for, you know, technological and communicative reasons, but there can be a kind of clarity that blooms during a retrograde, especially with mercury retrograde, um, which can really allow us to move forward with more compassion, more focus, and just more intention in our day-to-day life. So, you know, I think that balancing these frustrations um, will really just lead to something that is ultimately more interesting. We've got three of these retrogrades to move through this year, all in the air signs, and the first one is um, on January 30th. So this is all to say that I'll be sharing my writing through retrograde email series starting on january 30th the day that mercury goes retrograde in aquarius so if you sign up for my newsletter which you can do via the pop-up on my website which is just christinafarella.com, or my instagram bio link you'll receive mostly daily emails from me with writing prompts to help guide you through a mindful retrograde experience so Um, writing through retrograde is something that I started last year uh, with the retrogrades in the water signs that we had, mercury retrograde in the water signs, um, because I felt like it would be really great to facilitate a um, little routine around thinking through the retrograde phase without feeling too overwhelmed. And journaling for me is the modality that just kind of is the most pure it's the most clarifying, it's the most freeing, it's the most private. Um, And so I like to, because I have always been like an avid diary keeper, I think this is another reason why I love to share writing prompts in general, which I do daily on my Patreon. Um, You know, thinking about the impact of Mercury's retrograde for all of the days of retrograde um, through these writing prompts can help facilitate a connection to that energy rather than Having us just like blast through the retrograde willy nilly. And, you know, I think that you don't have to be so attentive to it. You don't have to be perfect. But if you're feeling like you need support during this Mercury retrograde, um, this newsletter might be something that you would be interested in. So, you know, each email will contain um, information about the day's transits, um, information about Mercury's position in the retrograde cycle, uh, as well as your writing prompt and. I always share the Sabian symbol for the degree that Mercury is retrograding through, which I believe helps facilitate a connection to the retrograde's energy. So, if this sounds supportive to you, go sign up for my newsletter. Um, it's just a fun, kind of, you know, lovely activity that we do together. Um, and, you know, Mercury, after all, is our God of writing. And if he's out of sorts, then, you know, using the modality, that he prefers with mindfulness and intention can really be a helpful tool for exploration as we kind of um, connect more deeply with what this retrograde holds for us. Also a reminder that if you like my work, if you like this podcast, do leave me a rating and a review. Um, That would just be so wonderful. It helps more people find the pod. And if you like my daily posts on Instagram, come join me on my Patreon where I have the daily post thing going on, plus writing prompts, plus um, invitations to all different kinds of other offerings that I have, like my twice monthly moon meetings, um, different classes that I will be offering. I have some really interesting um, classes on offer for Pisces season that I haven't shared with you guys yet. So yeah, lots of fun stuff coming through And I would just love it if you're part of that community. It means a lot. (sighs) Okay, enough housekeeping. Let's just get into what the planets have in store for us from now through February 7th. So we start off this week on Monday, January 25th. Monday is the planetary day of the moon. Um, And on this day, we'll be witnessing a beautiful sextile between the sun and Chiron. Chiron is our minor planet of karmic wounding and healing. So do you know the Chiron story? I ask everybody this in my sessions. Um, If you don't, I'll tell it to you. Okay, cool. So Chiron in the myths in Greco-Roman mythology, Chiron was a centaur and he was an herbalist. And he was the most powerful of all of these herbalists and he actually taught all of the gods of medicine and all of the philosophers and all of the healers and witches how to use herbs to facilitate healing. Um, But Chiron, like all of these figures in mythological tales, had a really tragic situation. He had a wound on his torso that he could not heal. Um, so, as he was able to bring healing to people via herbs and magic and incantation and ritual, he could not heal his own hurt, and so he suffered while bringing connection or bringing comfort rather to others. So, Chiron in our natal chart is a minor planet that talks about where we kind of naturally have a little bit of a karmic wound Um, it was it's a you know contemporary point in the chart i believe it was discovered in 1978 Um, if i'm wrong that'll be embarrassing but i'm pretty sure that's right and so you know we think about chiron after we think about what the other planets in the chart are doing but i i really love working with chiron as a point in the chart just for kind of shedding light on what exactly it is we're bringing with us from either a past life uh, wounding or even early early childhood wounding can show up in that Chiron and sometimes both. (laughs) So with the sun harmoniously connecting with Chiron, it's like a supportive light is being shown to our deepest wounds, right? The sun is the luminary of essential self. It is the luminary of sight. It helps us understand. It helps us use logic. Um, And so I feel as though on Monday the 25th, there's an opportunity for healing. Leaning into this, if you feel like you're in need of some tenderness, um, could be really illuminating. And if you're feeling kind of triggered or activated on Monday, um, and you know, Monday Monday is hard. Monday is the day that we're supposed to be resting because it's the planetary day of the moon, but you know, we work for capitalism and so we always have to go back to work on Mondays Um, and so it's always tricky right so if you're feeling kind of activated on this Monday going about your morning routine going about your daily uh, rituals of work and and anything else just know that there is an opportunity here to really sit with um, and hold space for that hurt you can write it out you can talk to someone that you love you can speak to a mirror about it, you can uh, pull cards, you can really do anything that facilitates some kind of, um, you know, verbal uh, kind of clarity. Um, bringing clarity to the wound is what the Sun sextile Chiron would like to do. On Tuesday, the 26th, the planetary day of Mars, we see the Sun clash with Uranus and Taurus. Now Uranus has been extremely busy of late I don't know if you guys have noticed but basically as soon as Jupiter and Saturn entered Taurus last December Uranus has been activated by square to those other two planets Jupiter and Saturn So Uranus is a really fascinating planet in you know in the cosmos um, again it's not a traditional planet it is a modern planet and we associate it you know as one of the rulers of Aquarius, co ruling Aquarius along with Saturn. Um, Uranus is also associated with the myth of Prometheus. And so thinking a lot about what exactly that means can kind of give a little bit of understanding to what, you know, what Uranus is all about. And this is something that I do, I just want to say, in my practice, in all ways, um, I have always been drawn to thinking about mythology. Um, thinking about literature and how these stories of myth you know map onto the planets that we use in our astrological work. Um, so just if you're ever curious, if you're ever feeling like you want to learn more about astrology, I think that it's a kind of wonderful practice to grab like Ovid's Metamorphosis or Robert Grave's um, Greek mythology or any other kind of mythological text, And just read about the gods that were being, um, you know, venerated and discussed and established as part of the mythos and the imagination of the Hellenistic world that, you know, Western astrology emanates from. Um, Uranus in particular is a planet that we associate again, repeating myself, with the myth of Prometheus, Prometheus being the man who stole fire from the gods and brought it down from Mount Olympus to humankind, facilitating the surprising, shocking arrival of our first technology. And so Uranus as a planet, we do associate with technological innovation, with invention, um, with futurity, with being suddenly brought to a new understanding, new insight, kind of genius quality. It's not always the case though, um, because Uranus is quite unstable. With strong energy for genius comes strong energy for instability. I don't know how many geniuses you guys know, but from what I've read, they can be quite a handful. And so Uranus is definitely interested in shocking us out of the status quo. Um, and that is for our own good, right? We don't need to be stuck in the past. We don't need to be stuck in what we have always believed. To be Uranian is to believe in the future. So thinking about how this functions as a planet that is being activated over and over again, um, both by you know transits through really any of the fixed signs, so the Moon moving through any of the fixed signs will be doing this, activating Uranus, but um, primarily these squares from Saturn and uh, Jupiter Um, a conjunction from Mars, there's a lot of Uranian activity in the air. We're bearing witness to so much transformation right now, um, but it all just feels intense and shaky. This is the Uranus effect. Um, So Mars has met Uranus, and so has Saturn, and so has Jupiter, and now the Sun on the 26th is going to clash with Uranus. So, Uranus, the liberator in an antagonistic relationship to the Sun, right? Squares can be quite challenging. Um, We may find ourselves feeling kind of called out. Uranus is like that friend who seems 12 steps ahead of everyone all the time. So, like very progressive and very out there. Um, You know, Uranus wants to break us out of normal ways of being. And so, with the Sun and Uranus squaring, we may feel like our more basic tendencies are on display. Like we're suddenly being critiqued for holding on to these safe concepts of self. Even though this is sort of hard to bear, the good news is that this can be used as an opportunity to facilitate some kind of radical shifts from within. Squares, in my you know, understanding, and my use of them, always facilitate this kind of volcanic feeling, some kind of pressure on the inside, right? Oppositions bring us activity that is external. Squares rise things up from the internal and have us express it externally. So thinking about how to kind of self-liberate, even if it's a struggle, is something that's important on Tuesday, the 26th. So let's talk about the full moon in Leo. The full moon in Leo is arriving on the 28th of January, clocking in at nine degrees of Leo opposite our Aquarian sun. Full moons are always a time of release, right? The sun and the moon are going to be completely opposite to one another at this time. And in this moment, we find that there is some kind of expansion or reveal or kind of, um, you know, just manifestation of energy that has been building for six months. So think back to the new moon in Leo that we had back in Leo season in the late part of summer What were you working on? What was going on for you back then? What part of your chart was really activated by that conjunction of the sun and moon in Leo? Um, If you're a member of the 8th house, Patreon we will be getting together on this full moon and exploring the magic of lunation together. This full moon strikes this binary between sun and moon, um, Aquarius and Leo, the concept of self versus community or the individual versus the group. Leo is the individualist, the artist, the kind of um, artist of self-expression, right? Leo is just bursting with personality. Um, it's very into being in the spotlight, very much uh, kind of interested in being the like main character. Um, finding our way through the world with Leo on our side means that we are kind of bathed in the light of the sun, which rules, or is the planet, the luminary that rules Leo. Um, Aquarius opposing Leo is the opposite energy, right? Leo is a fire sign. Aquarius is an air air sign and it's ruled by Saturn. Saturn is the cold planet of restriction, self-mastery, and maturity. So for all of the playful kind of childlike energy that Leo brings to the conversation, Aquarius with its Saturnine energy is really interested in focusing on information, on critique, and then on finding something to kind of um, shift and change and bring into the future. So we're, le- we're releasing from old concepts of individualism, old definitions of self, old ways of thinking and talking about your creativity, um, even old ways of keeping yourself quite small with your creative artistic sense of self need to just all be done away with at this point in time. So this lunation also features really potent conjunctions, um, two conjunctions in particular. So Venus and Pluto are going to meet um, during this full moon, as well as the sun and Jupiter. Venus conjunct Pluto reminds me of a kind of like, you know, love in the underworld sort of vibration. Um, It brings us down into the depths of the most serious parts of our relationships, Um, Understanding that we are very like tied to the shadow through our sense of love at this point in the year. Uh, Venus and Pluto, in a conjunction, also says that there's something really kind of, um, I would say, shadowy about the way that we might be valuing our love, our sense of beauty, our sense of harmony where is the underworld opening up for you in your relationships right now and how can that be used to facilitate some kind of like shadow awareness or integration of something that's actually quite serious and needs your attention right relationships are so complex obviously um and they don't just thrive on sunlight we need to at certain points in life go down into the underworld with our partners and say, this is what's serious, and this is what ties us together, our humanity, our needs, our hate, our repulsion, (laughs) um, our grief, right? So this is a really potent vibration during that full moon in Leo, and I hope that you can kind of feel comfortable enough to use that to your advantage and really do some soul searching at this point in time, even if it's just kind of finding acceptance for what's really hard right now, in love, that's okay. That's a really great place to be met. The other interesting conjunction that we've got is the sun conjunct Jupiter, which is this expansion of the self shining so brightly. Um, You know, the sun is the luminary of ego and essential self. And Jupiter is the planet that talks to us all about breaking, you know, through the horizon. It's like this restless traveler, this planet of spiritual Growth of philosophy of esotericism, and so the Sun conjunct Jupiter feels very magical to me. It feels very, very occulty, very sort of like um, you know, uh, just we're leaning into our magical practices in a really potent way and using that to kind of shine a light into the world. This is opposed though by the moon. So there's this antagonism between the internal and the external self. So like, where do you not let yourself feel like the magician? Where do you hide? Where is that kind of lunar consciousness um, keeping things maybe a little bit more private? And where can you kind of loosen up? Where can there be release? This is what this full moon is asking us in in so many words, right? Um, And of course, looking to see where nine degrees of Leo is in your natal chart is the most kind of easy way of understanding how this um, full moon is going to activate your life. And again, thinking back to the new moon in Leo, uh, in Leo season of 2020, to remind yourself what was initiated back then. That is what is here for release right now. Alright, so on January 30th, Mercury is going to station retrograde at 26 degrees of Aquarius. This triggers a time of deep inward looking, particularly regarding our ideas about society. And obviously, you all have been watching the news and consuming media about the world that we live in right now, right? We have been kind of inundated with, you know reminder after reminder that there needs to be some kind of, um, you know, really rigorous restructuring of our society um, so that there can be equality, fairness, and balance in the community, balance of resources, balance of attention, balance of just everything, policy, you name it. Um, We need to have a more equitable world. It is absolutely urgent. And so it's no mistake that in 2021, Aquarius is just a huge sign in general with Jupiter and Saturn, you know, transiting through that sign. Um, And so our first retrograde of Mercury in Aquarius also seems quite beautiful and apt. Um, So thinking a lot about society, why do I keep saying that about Aquarius? Well, Aquarius is the sign that is all about humanitarianism and the community It's really about the kind of cultivation of resources of the group so that you can build something for the future. Aquarius being co-ruled by Uranus and Saturn says that we remember the wisdom of the past, which is Saturn, and we use that to build something new and innovative for the future, which is Uranus. So, you know, in Aquarius, there's always an opportunity to really kind of examine what you believe about the world around you and why and you know there is a lot of myths and disinformation floating through the world right now um, there is you know a lot of opportunity for us to be thinking about the power of communication what do you believe who do you get your information from trusting resources all of this stuff it just seems so kind of on the nose it's very interesting right? so again Information is power, and Aquarius knows this very well. Aquarius understands that the group is really good at getting uh, information transmitted to other groups. This is how we uh, divvy up and uh, kind of share resources. We share power this way. We de we disempower the um, you know uh, the ruler we disempower the kind of person who's abusing power by coming together as a group and unifying in this way. Um, And so, you know, asking yourself, what do you believe um, is a really important question for this Mercury retrograde. Um, So the Sabian symbol for the degree that Mercury stations retrograde at, which is 26 Aquarius, the Sabian symbol for this is an ancient pottery bowl filled with fresh violets. Um, And so the keynote says, the importance of traditional skills and artistic values deeply rooted in man's instinctive feelings as frames of reference for their most authentic emotions. This symbol contrasts with the preceding one just as a personal uh, reticence and a simple love of natural beauty contrast with the rush, the gaudiness, and the intellectual efficiency which characterizes so much of our modern existence violets have often been considered symbols of modesty and humility um, and so in this symbol we see pictured the dependence of the purest feelings of natural living upon the traditions within which they find their most adequate and effective setting it is a symbol of delicacy of feeling so this is a really tender degree that mercury is stationing retrograde at just in terms of the sabian symbol there is an opportunity here again to like Be thinking about what it means to feel things delicately, the kind of delicacy of experience, the beauty of uh, kind of blending traditional knowledge with artistic values. Um, These are just really beautiful, kind of energetic notes that I believe um, are important to have in mind. So, in writing through retrograde, we'll kind of be doing an exercise like this looking at the Sabian symbol, looking at the astrology of the day. And then having a writing prompt derived from these things that will kind of help us, uh, you know, find focus and find some new insight during Mercury retrograde or at least make the space for new insight to come through. Right. We can't do it all, even though I like to try. Mm -hmm. All right. So moving forward a bit. Um, On February 1st, we'll see the sun clash with the warrior Mars in Taurus, bringing a problematic nature to our attention regarding our senses of self. So this is going to be a day where there is a lot of maybe inner conflict coming up from within. Mars in Taurus, though, is um, a little bit debilitated, a little bit slower, not so brash as Mars in Aries, as we remember his transits from 2020. Um, but there's still this kind of inner warmth that needs to be examined, if not let out. On February 1st, um, tempers may rise, but you know, expressing through connection to our values is a good kind of exercise for purging that. Um, on this same day, Venus is going to enter Aquarius, so she'll be joining the Sun, retrograde Mercury. Jupiter, and Saturn, um, and feeling, you know, I think at this point, like our feet perhaps aren't really touching the ground as so much air floods our cosmic perspective. Um, Venus in Aquarius really seeks connection either through intellectual stimulation or connecting with people through shared eccentricities. So like delighting in strange facts, UFO theories, ideas about you know, how to serve your community, um, just weird random ideas about machines and about color, about trance, dreams, all this stuff. It's just all, it's all Venus and Aquarius. Um, So she's here to help us get some fresh air into our heart spaces and then expand. By Saturday, the 6th of February, we'll see Venus conjunct Saturn in Aquarius, and this is a bit of a heavier vibe. There's a little bit of coldness or just some weight that comes through our emotional world. Saturn is so restrictive and heavy, and Venus in Airy Aquarius would like to just kind of speculate and chat and experiment all day long, and so Venus conjunct Saturn brings a feeling of being put to the test. What are the values of your relationship and why? Relationships and why? Um, What are you doing to bring maturity and focus to your love life, right? Stern, Saturn, he's like the taskmaster. He asks us lots of questions at this time, and it might be a breaking point or a beginning of a new cycle for your relationships, maybe a more serious, mature path forward, right? Conjunctions are always at the beginning of a planetary cycle. So we have this new narrative between Saturn and Venus coming through. Um, So, you know, setting an intention to have some kind of uh, more rigorous uh, responsibility in your relationships is a good kind of promise to make to yourself on February 6th. On the same day, Venus is also going to sextile Chiron, um, shining some, you know, really... I would say, harmonious energy onto our wounds, perhaps letting us feel through memory, that which needs to be healed. So if you'll remember at the beginning of this um, chat, I was talking about Sun sextile Chiron. Well, Venus also makes this relationship with Chiron at this point in the year. And so, you know, Venus sextile Chiron just says, gentle support for healing, gentle support for the awareness of the need to heal, healing through art, healing through talking, right, Venus and Aquarius, Um, healing through shifting mindset and ideas is also a good kind of tool at this point in time, I would say. Um, So, you know, at this point, Venus also clashes with Uranus, just like most of the other planets um, have. And so this finds Venus in a tough but stimulating position, right? Um, And this is just, you know, something that we get to work through as individuals and as a group, Um, having to really rework her ideas and concepts of self to answer Uranus's weird inquisitions. Like, why do you stand for that? What's the point? How did you get that idea? And how can you make it better? How can you make it new? How can you make it feel more fresh and futuristic, right? So our values and beliefs will be tested, um, but for the sake of kind of amplifying or uplifting our life, right? And this is, again, to reiterate, happening on February 6th, in case you're like, wait, what day is this? So February 6th sees uh, quite a bit of astrological action, um, which is exciting. (sighs) All right, my dear, so I believe that that leaves us yeah at the last day of that two-week cycle so again i really hope that this has given you some food for thought some astrological direction um and some you know i would say idea of what the next couple of weeks holds for us there's lots being transformed but we move into this really powerful moment where so many planets are in Aquarius and it's just a really unique moment not every aquarius season is like this so you know if you are letting yourself be inspired by new ideas really kind of try to like make that precious and and give that a lot of warmth and give that a lot of space to grow because there is just you know a lot of power in working with the elements in these very pure moments where there's a lot of planets concentrated in one of course each planet brings its own focus and its own set of ambitions to the element into the sign that it's occupying but you know maybe filtering our consciousness uh you know sun mercury retrograde venus uh jupiter and saturn all through aquarius right now it's pretty cool um seems very very progressive to me fingers crossed right all right thank you so much for listening again if you like what you hear leave me a rating or a review share this with your friends um, or come join me on my patreon to learn more about yourself through the cosmos take good care i'll talk to you in two weeks